Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 82 of Sodom and I. So on the last episode, we spoke on conviction versus condemnation. And now we're going to talk about some ways to convict people, right? So this is these are 10 common reasons why people don't read the Bible or, you know, why people feel like they shouldn't trust the Bible, you know, and you guys may have heard some of these before and you may have heard some other things before, but, you know, we're just we're going to go through these 10 and hopefully they also help in any other questions people may have when you're trying to spread the gospel, right? So, number one, I'm not religious. Religion is man-made. God is not. God wants us to have a relationship with him. And although religion may have started out with good intentions, it's still man-made with thoughts on how we can get to heaven or why we should go to hell instead. Might I also remind you, that Jesus battled with religious leaders in their own ideologies while he was here on earth in the flesh. Here's a few examples. I got my Bible. We're going to start in John chapter 5. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to summarize it. Excuse me. I knew it was going to start sometime. John 5 contains when Jesus healed the man at Bethesda. This is when the religious leaders were more focused that this was done on the Sabbath than the man who had been healed. Let's read a little bit. And this is 5 verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made a whole of whosoever disease or whatsoever disease they had. And a certain man was there and had an infirmity of 38 years. This man was crippled for 38 years. 38. Every time he was at the pool, people would always get in there right before him. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had now, he had been now a long time in that case. And he saith to him, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, I put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was a Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to carry thy bed. Are you serious? They done seen this man been laying down 30-something years, 
And as soon as he gets up and picks up his bed and walk, they're like, you're breaking the law. They're not worried about what God is doing in people's lives. They're worried about what their religion says. So it's not about religion. It's not about being religious. It's about knowing the word of God, loving the word of God, following Jesus's example. Right. And then we're going to go to Mark chapter two. Ah, my Bible. There we go. Good to go to Mark chapter two. And I'm also not going to read this entire thing, but I definitely want you guys to get a better understanding. I don't know why I'm yawning so much. This ne- I promise I was not yawning before I pressed start. <laughs> My body be working against me sometimes. So, Mark chapter 2. And then he entered in Capernaum. After some days, it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. So Mark uh, 2, Jesus is being questioned by religious leaders regardless of what he does. This shows us that religion is not the answer. Following Jesus' example is. I'm going to move down some. This verse four, and when they cannot come nigh into into the room, for there we go. When they cannot come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof. This is a story about the four friends who brought their friend, who could not walk. Right, he couldn't do anything. He was in a bed. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their friend, he saw their faith. He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man, this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason these things in your heart? Right? And then I'm going to go down more. As he passed by, Levi, the son of Alphaeus, and it came to pass that Jesus ate in his house. All right. And when the scribes, I'll read 15. And it came to pass that Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. Excuse me. Sorry. For there were many and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So it's like, whatever Jesus did, they're like, Ugh, he shouldn't do that. Ugh, he shouldn't do that. Ugh. 
and you know them being religious were probably really racist and we're like uh we do not need to be eating drinking or touching any of these people unless the glory comes to us and that's just not right so second reason the bible is for white americans slash the white man (laughs) and i'm laughing because this literally used to be me (laughs) This used to be me so hard before I started going back to church and really yearning for a relationship with God to where I would just, I was like, you know what, whatever. I pushed past it. But first, Jesus was sent to earth to die for all of our sins. And now we're going to go to John chapter 3 verses 15 through 17 love that that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Emphasis on whosoever, not just the white man, not just the Jews. Now, I made my first point. Secondly, Jesus was not even white. He was a Jewish man born in Nazareth. So like, Yeah, there's people who are going to try to use the Bible to validate their own ideas and attempt to shame others by quoting scripture. But in Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 4, which I'm about to turn to now, even Satan, Satan himself perverted God's word and tried to trick Jesus Christ, God himself. (laughs) Like Satan tried to trick God with God's word don't make no sense right he don't if the correction is not based in love it's not correction but condemnation God corrects those he loves which is Proverbs three twelve. but I'm about to read uh Matthew chapter 4 do do Matthew there we go and I'm sure I've gone over this more than once before but let's just do it then jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights lord why am i yawning right now i promise i was not yawning before i press record (laughs) this is crazy when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights he was afterward and hungered And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou... If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. He tried to use his own words. That's crazy. He really tried to use Jesus' own words against him. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, 
and their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Even Satan tried to pervert the word of God to validate his own ideas and attempt to get Jesus to do what he wanted. But no. <sighs> if it's not correction based in love, it's not correction at all. God corrects those he loves. And now we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. God is our father. So he's going to correct us when we're not going in the right direction. This is why having a relationship with God is so, so important. He helps us with our wisdom and discernment. Now, number three, and I've definitely heard number three before. I can't get past Genesis. First of all, nobody said that when you read the Bible, you have to read it from cover to cover. And not saying that you don't have to read it in its entirety, but you don't have to read it from Genesis to Revelation. Especially if you're new, you're going to be confused. For many new believers, starting in the Old Testament can be very, very confusing. Lots of talk about things we can barely comprehend today and might even view as disturbing, quite honestly. If I gotta be real with you, the Bible, you wanna talk about nitty gritty, the Bible covers everything that you could and even don't even want to think of. The Bible covers it all. It's all within these two covers. I always recommend others to start with John and then Matthew, Mark, and Luke to gain a better understanding of who Jesus is, why he was sent, and the true meaning of love. The true meaning of love. Like I I, I started with John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I used to not even know that the Gospels were all one story from four different perspectives. Some of them having more details than others because, again, they're from four different perspectives, but all saying the same thing. Number four, it's boring. Many people lose interest in things that we don't understand or find hard to comprehend. A simple translation can help better our understanding of the Bible. Many times throughout this podcast, you guys hear me utilize different translations of the same verse for a better and or deeper understanding. How would you feel if you wrote a love letter to someone and hear them calling it boring? 
God feels everything we do. So just imagine how he feels knowing he in the flesh gave his life for us. And then John 15 and 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay, lay down his life for his friends. And then he goes on to call us his friends in the next two verses, which I'm going to read. That's John 15, 13. So, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are, <laughs> ye are my friends. Could you, how do you feel when you try to show your friends like a song or something and they be like, oh, I've heard this before, it's boring. You'd be offended. How do you think God feels when he literally gave us this life manual and you're like, ah, oh, it's boring. God said, ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, verse 15, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You, ye, <laughs> basically you, have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go out and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whosoever ye shall ask, whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. We are his friends. God loves us. And literally a simple translation can honestly change your whole understanding of even just one verse. Number five, I can't understand it. I've definitely heard this one before, by the way. I can almost guarantee nothing you read for the first time will 100% make sense to you. That's the entire purpose of studying. Luckily, James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Simply pray and ask for wisdom while reading his word without forgetting the very next verse. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. If you want to ask a question you need to have faith in the answer God has for you. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers. This is an AMPC. As is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. God wants believers to spend time with one another for mutual encouragement and understanding. You may not have the answer yourself, but someone else in Christ may be able to extend some help. God never created us to be alone. Even Adam, he created a help meet for him. So if you don't have godly friends, pray for some more godly friends. 
you know, I had to do the same thing, man. I got to I got to switch up my friend group cuz you know, I just want to be surrounded by people who want more from God and are willing to actually do more for him and not just say we do, you know? Number 6. The Bible, the Bible is for full of errors and contradictions. Ooh, I've heard this one before. Ooh, I've heard this one before. It'd be making me, it'd be making me upset. Because I don't like when people talk about my God. I really don't. This is common for those who want to deny the Bible's authority. Many times when people speak on, quote, contradictions in the Bible, they compare the Old and New Testament. The entire purpose for the New Testament was for Jesus to die for our sins, making many practices in the Old Testament null and void. Right? And now I'm going to turn to Hebrews chapter 8. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 13. Because it don't make no sense. So I went, you know, as I was doing research for this episode... I stumbled upon a website and as soon as I saw the name for the website, I was like, Lord, I already know I'm not going to like this. And it was like an atheist website and there was a whole page dedicated to contradictions in the Bible, comparing stuff from the old, like literally, I think just about every one of the topics that they felt they ate in, they really thought they ate, they thought they ate so hard. (laughs) they thought they ate so bad (laughs) my god eats harder they were comparing old testament and new testament now let's read verse six but now he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises And then the title, the new covenant, better than the old. Literally, Jesus came to replace what happened with Adam and Eve. That was the first covenant. Jesus is the second covenant slash testament. For that first covenant, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then there should no place have been sought for the second for finding fault with them he saith behold the days come saith the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and with the house of judah not according to the covenant that i made with their fathers in the day when i took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of egypt because they continued not in my covenant and i regarded them not saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all, for all shall know me, from the least 
to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And in that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. The old covenant is no more because the new covenant. Let me see. Where is it? There we go. And this is chapter 9 verse 22 of Hebrews. And almost all things are by law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Back in the first covenant, they used to, you know, they used to have to do the animal sacrifices and sprinkle blood on the altars and everything. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he was sacrificed. He shed his blood on the cross and died for our sins. And that alone made the old covenant null and void. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. It is no more. So even trying to use the Old Testament to, to, to say that, God's word contradicts itself don't even make no sense and that's how you know these people don't really be reading the bible <laughs> and now I also put proverbs chapter 30 verse 5 but in tpt every promise from the faithful God is pure and proves to be true he is a wraparound shield of protection for all his lovers who run to hide in him. I love the passion translation. It's so passionate. And on number seven. I, I think I've heard just about all of these before. I don't have time. Let's be honest, guys. This has to be top three excuses not to go to church, not to go to Bible studies, and not to go to other activities that are God-related Unless something free is involved, like food or money. I haven't met a single person that uses up the entire 24 hours we are given each day. If you find yourself wanting more from God, but you aren't willing to give him even at least 10 minutes a day, this issue isn't a matter of time, but of desire and willingness. And now I uh, quoted 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 in NLT. At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today, even though you guys are listening to me, and I know you probably crack open your Bibles at least at least once a day, when you come and hear this, like I urge you not to just utilize this time that you hear my voice to try and connect with God, but to truly do it on your own and create your own personal, intimate, loving relationship with God. Because I'm not your savior. <laughs> I'm nobody's savior. I'm not even Brooklyn's savior. <laughs> you my dog. But God is. Right? Number eight, 
The Bible just doesn't work for me. The Bible is filled, filled with stories of others going through suffering and pouring their hearts out unto God. Just because we may not see God moving in the timing we would like, does not mean that he isn't working on our behalf. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 22 says, At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. This is where faith comes into play. And I spoke on faith a couple episodes ago. Psalms, Psalms is a good book filled with encouragement through different trials, all leading back to trusting God, trusting in the Lord and his promises. God said he would never leave nor forsake us. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And he will not leave us comfortless. He will come to us. And that's John chapter 14, verse 18. Number nine, the Bible is outdated. While the Bible may have been completed 2,000 years ago, there is nothing new under the sun. God is eternal and will be here from everlasting to everlasting. His law is truth. And that's Psalm 119. And I'm turning to that right now. Psalm 119 verse 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. And thy law is truth. Thy law is truth. And his truth endures to all generations which is Psalm 100, verse 5, that I'm turning to right now. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. <laughs> I barely realized that everlasting was in both of those verses. God is funny. God never said his word will only work for a certain number of years or people born 2,000 years after Christ will have to create a new covenant with him. Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. God's love is so deep. We feel it during and after suffering hard losses, and even death. God is speaking to us today through his word. The question is, will we listen? And number 10, I just don't want to. The beauty in this statement is that God gave us free will. You have the free will to do what you'd like. But when you find yourself pondering on questions like, is there more what is my reason for being here and why? And your soul longs for completion, unconditional love and peace that can be found in no man. Just know the answers to all of these are located in the good book. I can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do, but I will plant a seed. Hopefully it falls on fertile ground to take root <clears throat> and sprout in ways we've never seen. And now I'm going to read Luke chapter 8, 
And we're going to start at verse 5 through 8 and 11. So, and this is a parable of the seed of the sower and the seed, right? A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears, let him hear. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now, I pray that you guys allow the word to just work in your life. Remember that I love you, but God loves you so much more than I do. Be blessed and be a blessing unto others. Have a wonderful night.